again, beautiful being of light, and welcome back to another Expand episode with yours truly, Elizabeth April. Today, I want to talk to you about overriding your hard wiring. And yeah, it sounds pretty catchy, because it is. Now, ever since I can remember, I have always talked about, ranted about, lectured about reprogramming your reality. As a matter of fact, that was the title of my first lecture when I started to speak publicly on stages in 2015. And to this day, I believe that reprogramming your reality is by far the number one most important aspect of becoming a conscious awakened, aware human being. So what exactly does that mean? Now, today I'm going to talk about overriding your hard wiring. And what I mean by that is being able to take full control over your reality by overriding your need to fight or flight, overriding your reaction to sensation. Now, I know it sounds like, I don't know, maybe it sounds like basic spirituality, maybe it sounds like it's not that grandiose, but there are so many implications, there are so many benefits to doing this. So first of all, I just want to kind of unpack this concept of your hardwiring or your programming. Now, to put it bluntly, I would say that we're all brainwashed in society, And although, you know, we haven't been strapped down to a chair and made to watch certain programs, we willingly got to choose everything that we have chosen in the past in our lives. But deep down, we have been led to make certain choices. And everything that we have allowed into our system has influenced us at a certain level, at a certain capacity. That is the programming. Whether that be programming from mainstream, programming from education, programming from society, programming from reality television, programming from your parents, we are programmed, especially when we're younger. We forget who we really are. We completely forget the mission of why we're on this planet. And we allow the external reality to influence our reality moving forward. There are so many problems with this programming. The main problem is it is an illusionary feeling of freedom. You're not actually free. You say that you're free, but you're not actually free. And the only thing that's holding you back from full sovereignty is the programming deep down within your system. Unfortunately, unless you question and dig deep and look within, you will not be able to unpack this programming, to rewire this. So a lot of people, you know, those kind of mainstream 3D unaware people, they are just essentially biological robots living out what society wants them to live out. Hi, my name is Elizabeth April. I'm 25 years old. 
That means that I have to get married right now. Then, in 2.5 years, I produce 2.5 children with my husband, and I get a nine-to-five job, and that is who I am. And I consume television programming, content, money. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a factory. It's it's totally a factory of people who just live their life who are not even freaking sentient. They're not even aware of the fact that they're living life. That they that they even get choices. It blows my mind, and it really doesn't blow my mind because I was there once too. You were there once too, right? So we have to, at some some capacity, have compassion for these people, right? So. So we're programmed. We can all agree that we've got a certain level of programming. At this point in time, right? I think most people would consider me just at a, you know, at a, an example level, awakened, right? And and I believe that awakening is a process. There really is never a finish line to awakening. There is never a moment where you've reached enlightenment. If you reached enlightenment, no matter what your incarnation was, you would cease to exist as an individual incarnation. You would just be pure source again, right? So there's no finish line. There really isn't. If you're still here, if you're still breathing, if you're still getting challenged, if you're still experiencing polarity in a physical individual body, then you are awakening. You are not awakened. No one here is awakened, (laughs) straight up. So that being said, Upon our journey through awakening, we are constantly unpacking the programming. And through rewiring our hardwiring or rewiring that programming, so many other opportunities and limitless potentials really open up for us. Anything is possible when we get out of this limitation, labeling, categories, what have you. So how do we do this? Today, I just want to talk about the number one most important step to rewiring everything, to reprogramming everything. And this step that I'm going to talk about is by far, in my opinion, the most important step to reprogramming and to taking back full sovereignty and control and freedom in your life. And also this step is directly correlated and related to accessing your psychic abilities. So it's pretty cool. I mean, this is a very important step. If we're going to talk about one, this is going to be the one to talk about. So uh, I've talked about this so many times before, but hopefully today, maybe it sinks a little bit deeper. Maybe it hits in a different way. Let's talk about non-reaction. If we were to truly practice and master eventually non-reaction, therefore objective observation, all of a sudden you're in control of pain. You're in control of your own temperature. You're in control of memory. You're in control of downloading and uploading information from collective Akashic records. You're in control of how you perceive things. You're in control of how you react to things. You're in control of what you manifest. I'm telling you that the ability to objectively observe is the gateway to full control over everything, full freedom over everything. So let's unpack this. Like, let's talk about it. 
I, in this lifetime anyway, I first learned about non-reaction when I was 16 and I got my first ever past life regression from my dad. And I learned about this kind of more in a subconscious way. It's not like I was taught at that time. But what I learned was through trance, through a hypnosis regression session, and you'll know this if you've ever been regressed, you need to get, I mean, all trance is, is really getting to a place where we are no longer attached to our identifiers in this lifetime. Basically, we become consciously disassociated. And through that disassociation, we're free. (laughs) We're free of our body. We're free of our ego. We're free of our limitations. We're free of our perceptions. I mean, we're free. We're in this infinite realm of possibilities when we disassociate. And so that's what this past life regression taught me is, oh my goodness, the second I let go of myself, my body, my age, my relationship with myself, I can experience past lifetimes. I can experience reincarnation. I can experience my Akashic records. I can gain access to information. I can travel through time and space. Like it's mind blowing. So that was my first exposure to that experience of disassociation and objectively observing, obviously while being led, right, by the regressionist, by my dad at that time. My second experience with objective observation was when I went away to the 10-day meditation center called Vipassana. And on the second night of doing this meditation, this silent meditation retreat, I ended up getting abducted by extraterrestrials. So that's the story that I've told many, many times before. You know, it's like a, <laughs> telling the same story. I just, I hate telling the same stories again because I have so much to share. But what I don't usually bring up about that experience, just because the abduction really is the, you know, the showstopper of that experience, was Vipassana taught me, but really truly reminded me that through objectively observing all sensation in your body, you get to a place that is called equanimity or being equanimous which basically means that you're objectively aware of everything with non-reaction, which is a really, really interesting sensation. And I believe that this ability, obviously it's an ability that I've practiced before because it does come quite easily to me, but everyone has the ability to do this. It's simply observing everything. Like, say for example there was the sound of your cell phone going off. And it's got that ringtone that you recognize instantly. Oh, iPhone, right? It's an iPhone, cell phone, whatever, ringtone. And luckily these days, no one really has their cell phone ringers on because they're really annoying. But you recognize it instantly. Now, disassociating and objectively observing is getting yourself to this place where you hear a sound... And it no longer is familiar to you. You could apply this to every single sensation. I have worked with this objective observing so much so that I feel like, not all the time, but it does come up quite often where I'll hear a song for like the hundredth time, one of my favorite songs, and I will uh, consciously put myself into an objective observer state so that I get to experience all of the joys of hearing that song again 
for the first time. I do this with smells. I do this with flavors. I do this with visuals, with things that I'm viewing. I do this with pain and sensation. I disassociate. And through that, pain dissipates or it transmutes into something else altogether. I can take the sensation of a tattoo, for example, and I can transmute it into a tickling sensation or a painful sensation or no sensation at all. So, your family thinks you're crazy, your emotions are all over the place, your body is hurting, and it really feels like you're dying. Well, don't worry. You're not dying, you're just waking up, is actually the title of my recently published book, which details all of the stages and steps during your awakening. Just search Elizabeth April in the search bar and you will find my book on Amazon in every country today. It is time to question your reality and wake up to infinite possibilities. Now, after I got home from this meditation retreat, I think it was maybe a year after I was working with this concept and many others. I mean, the can of worms opened for me. The Galactic Federation contacted me. It was a whirlwind of a lot going on right after that. But one of the things that I worked on was how memory is associated with reaction. And if memory is directly associated with reaction, and let's call it emotional reaction, then if we don't associate a reaction to anything in life, do we make a memory of it? And I mean, this is a concept, such a huge concept that I would love to write a whole book about because it really brings so much joy to me. It really revs me up in a sense. So here's the experiment that I did in my own life. I was getting a neck tattoo and the neck tattoo is the, the word prana, which means wisdom in Sanskrit. And besides the point of the tattoo, it's a neck tattoo. You would think that that would be one of the most painful places. And I've heard from other people that it's it's quite a painful place to get a tattoo. So I had a friend of mine who is a tattoo artist and he tattooed himself all the time. And I called him up. I said, hey, Rudy, I am ready to get my next tattoo. Come on over and let's set up the kitchen in my you know shitty student apartment and tattoo me there. And so I set up these like chairs with pillows and I laid down on my stomach and he was tattooing the back of my neck. Now, of course, it's a whatever five letter word. It's, it's not going to be a long process, maybe half an hour at the most. I think it was around 30 minutes. So what I decided to do laying down was put myself into a deep trance-like state, a deep meditative state so that I was able to objectively observe the sensation of getting a tattoo. And this was by far not my first tattoo. I think it was maybe my third or fourth tattoo. And so this is what I did. I focused on my breath, I quieted my mind, and I began to disassociate from the experience of getting the tattoo. Immediately, the sensation went from pain to... Mm, I guess I would say slight irritation, to all of a sudden there was no sensation at all. 
I was so relaxed, in fact, that I ended up completely passing out. I just fell asleep. And eventually, uh, my friend, the tattoo artist, you know, tapped on my shoulder, said, hey, Liz, are you are you okay? I mean, are you, did you pass, was it too painful? Did you pass out because of the pain? And I said, no, sorry, I was just so relaxed. I was just, you know, kind of zonked out a little bit. And he was laughing and, and, and what have you. And so afterwards, you know, he left it uncovered. He's like, hey, let's hang out, you know, just kind of let it air dry for a bit and then I'll cover it before I leave. So me, my roommate, and this tattoo artist were all hanging out in the living room. And it was so funny because I reached up as we're all hanging out and I rubbed the back of my neck, which is just something I do periodically. And immediately I I remembered that I got this tattoo. Essentially, I had an open wound on the back of my neck and I touched it with my, you know, grimy fingers, right? And so I was shocked. I was like, oh, geez, you know, I can't believe I, I just reached back there. It's so, so weird. And then I go on and keep talking and what have you. And then I reach back to my neck again and I like kind of rub once again the back of my neck. And I'm like, oh, geez, what did I do? I mean, I can't believe that I just did this for the second time. And in that moment, I recognized I was so objectively disassociative and observing this tattoo being done that I actually didn't make a conscious memory of getting the tattoo because I didn't react to the sensation. Like, imagine you're a kid and you run and you run and run and you fall and you scrape your knee. What, what is the only thing on your mind in that moment? I always flash back to the Family Guy episode of Peter Griffin just holding his knee, you know, for the longest clip ever of this show. And it's very similar to that, right? I mean, when you when you hurt yourself, even a paper cut, that is top of mind. That is all you can think about. So the fact that I didn't react to this sensation really connects to, to the fact that I didn't actually create a conscious memory of getting that tattoo. So if you stop right now and you think about what are your strongest memories in your lifetime, in this lifetime, in the past, they are either going to be the day that you got married, the day that you got divorced, the day that you had your kids, the day that your kid almost got hurt. You know, I mean, it's either going to be super incredible, powerful, beautiful moments or super freaking awful, terrible, traumatic moments, but not a whole lot in between. I believe that our reaction to sensations creates memory. I believe that pain, along with time, is relative. So for example, if I were to pinch your arm, and you were looking at me, watching me do this to you, pinching your arm, you'd be like, ow, well that hurt, you know, why would you do that? But if you were to look away, and I were to pinch you with the exact same velocity as I pinched you the first time, Believe it or not, it would hurt more. Ow, geez, what, 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 did you, what are you doing? <laughs> so how can the same exact pressure, the same exact sensation, hurt more one time and hurt less another? It just simply doesn't make sense. It's very similar to the studies that they're doing right now on burn victims. They're actually doing this study where they're hooking a burn victim up to a virtual reality video game. And you could imagine how painful, you know, third-degree burns across your body would feel. And the worst part about being a burn victim is uh, the skin grafting. So basically taking parts of your skin 
from one part of your body and grafting that onto another part of your body. What they found was the percentage of pain that a burn victim was feeling during skin grafting went down dramatically, up to 60% less painful because they were playing this virtual reality video game, because they were distracted, because they were associating with something else in that moment. And I guarantee you their memories were not as sharp for that experience as they would have been if the reaction was there. So what am I saying here? I'm saying that this entire reality is so stimulating in all of our five senses that as long as we are preoccupied with acting and reacting around those five senses, we are going to be unable to experience the fullness of our sixth sense, of our extrasensory abilities. You are limiting yourself through distraction. You are limiting yourself through your prior programming, which is causing you to react. You don't even know why you're reacting in that moment. So what do we need to do in order to reprogram? The number one step is to get yourself back into a place of neutrality. Say, for example, money is super tight for you and you have a huge attachment to money and you see a dollar on the street and your first reaction always is like, oh, I got to pick that up because I really could use the money. But next time you see that dollar, instead of reacting that way, objectively be aware of your programming, of your prior reaction, and make a different choice. Choose to leave that dollar for the first time ever in your life. Choose to confront that person for the first time ever. Choose to speak your truth for the first time ever. All right? Make different choices or don't make a choice at all and just be objectively aware of what your initial choice would be. All of our initial reactions, all of our initial choices are representations of our old programming. When we just stop it all and we just sit back and observe without needing to act, without needing to react, and especially without needing to make a choice, that is when we obtain full sovereignty over our reality. That is when we obtain full freedom over our existence. That, my friends, is everything. When you are no longer distracted by the past, by your memories, by your attachments, or by the ongoings of the external present world reality, you're free. So watch your reactions. Watch your choices. Question your reactions. Question your choices. Understand that you have the power to create memories. And you have the power to not create memories. You have the power to create pain. You have the power to neutralize through observing. You have all of the power over many different layers of your reality. So I hope that this podcast episode finds you well. I hope that this is exactly what you needed to hear at this time. And if it was, please share this episode, send in a review, 
and let other people know that the answers are out there. And the answers that come from me will always lead you back to you. Because you are the source of everything. And I am just the conduit to remind you of how powerful you really are. Thank you, as always, for being here. It is such a pleasure to be in your presence and helping you along your own journey of spiritual awakening and conscious development. As always, I will see each of you in the fifth dimension frequency. Mm-hmm.